We are reminded in scripture over and over again to pray. From the letter to the Thessalonians, we are told, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul writes to the church in Rome, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans. From 1 John, the writer assures us, and this is the boldness we have in God, that if we ask anything according to the Lord's will, we will be heard. Along with the Ephesians, we are instructed. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. The old axioms come to mind, the ones we memorized long ago. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. If there's one thing that our biblical tradition tells us to do alongside loving God and our neighbors, it's to pray. We are told again and again to pray, and you've just heard a snippet now, but the passages cover the text, every genre of the scripture, spanning from the Hebrew scriptures to the epistles, the Psalms, and the Gospels. We are told to pray. Pray for strength. Pray for our enemies. Pray when we need healing. Cry out in our desperation to God. Sing praises to the Lord in thanksgiving. We're to fashion our actions and thoughts on prayer. And when we have no words of our own, Jesus gave us some words to use. And they were in the form of a prayer. As Christians, as people of faith, we are to be people of prayer. But it's not easy to do. Am I right? It is so not easy to do. I claim that for myself. It is far easier to dig into a Bible study or to join a protest or to organize an action, to collaborate on a worship experience, to curate music, than to make time to humble myself and quiet my anxieties long enough to connect to God in prayer. Now, we Christian progressives, for very good reason, have long focused on the works that come out of our belief system and the stuff that comes from a faith that is compelled to do the kingdom-making out in the world beyond those doors. In fact, we recoil in the wake of tragedy, like in Pittsburgh yesterday, when people kind of numbly react to atrocities by saying, we hold the families and victims of these things in our thoughts and prayers. That sentiment has been so overused that it somehow, it somehow means nothing. And it's equated with an actionless response. But it gives real 
thought-filled, God-seeking prayer a very bad rap. We try hard to fashion our faith like Rabbi Heschel, who when asked why he marched marched alongside Dr. King for civil rights, he said, I pray with my feet. And there is nothing wrong with this concept. Please hear that. It brings together personal devotion to God with the necessity of a faith that engages with the world's needs. And it's in keeping with our Methodist roots, too, where we balance personal holiness with social holiness. But I do fear from time to time that we focus on our hands and feet a little too much, that we oftentimes forget that we are to be the body of Christ in the world. Our egos loom large and our perspectives small when we work and we work and we work without remembering our motive or the example that we follow or the source that begins each day. We are to be channels of peace, of justice, of love, of the gifts of the Spirit. And if we are to channel that Spirit, we have to receive it first. We can't receive it if we don't ask for it, if we don't open ourselves up to it. We follow Jesus, who was only ever able to do the hard and holy work by connecting to God in prayer. Every time Jesus needed to either get away or to gear up for teaching, healing, feeding, listening, he sought out his source first in prayer. Jesus prayed. And when the pressure was on and the clutch of Rome tightened around his network, Jesus asked for his closest and most trusted friends to go away with him, not to blow off steam or to take a break, but to pray, to retreat, to find stillness, to awaken in himself, to see what the divine was up to, to pray. Now, we shouldn't consign the power of prayer to those Christians the other Christians. We shouldn't scoff at praying in tragedy when it is the very thing that centers and steers our steps towards justice, towards love, and towards hope. It is the tradition. It is the instruction of us all. We need to pray. So when it came time to plan this women's retreat this year, it seemed fitting. It seemed appropriate to title it, A Time to Pray. We kept prayer journals during the weekend. We wrote about our lives and our faith. We prayed about the obstacles standing in our way of a deeper connection to God. We studied and talked about intercessory prayer, that practice of praying for other people. We stepped out in courage and with vulnerability to pray out loud for each other. We prayed through guided meditation, stirring our attentiveness to the work of God all around us, especially in nature. 
We sang, we ate, we played, and we prayed. And it was a special time. It was a gift. And it is no wonder that many of us, if not all of us that went on the retreat, felt somehow renewed and nourished by the end of our time. There were friendships that started. There were discoveries made. Some tears were shed. A lot of hands were held. And my friends, it wasn't magic that made this happen, or even the mastery of my programming, though I will take some credit. (laughs) It was simply that we took time to pray with each other, to connect with God, and to care and share about the real stuff that's going on in our lives and in the world. We don't need, though, we don't need to go away to do that work. We don't need to go away to share that vulnerability. This time in worship today is a chance for all of us to have a retreat in the city. We will hear how having a time to pray meant something to folks. But may it be a time for you to consider prayer in your own life. Haven't we too many reasons to drop to our knees and look up to God? May this time and space in worship help us all approach the throne of God to remember the purpose, the potential, and the immense power that comes into our lives and into this world when we begin with two very, very simple words. Dear God.